I think I shared that my word for 2020 was loss. And many of you know that journey and story for us. And that's probably true for, for, for many also. And I'm hoping, praying, thinking, maybe my word for 2021 is journey. And we'll, you'll hear some of that heartbeat today as we look at the scriptures together. And I share kind of some of what God is stirring on in my heart. So if you have your apps or if you're bold enough to bring an actual Bible, uh, you know, they do make waterproof Bibles. Uh, so you, you might want to look into that, but we can all just get there pretty quickly in our apps too. Uh, Mark chapter 2 today, really just focusing in on one area, uh, not just because of the weather and because we're all ready to move. In fact, if you need to move, that would fit with the theme today. So if you need to get up and pace and walk, you're welcome to do that. Get your steps. Turning the calendar to a new year always seems to be a symbolic type moment. Nothing actually happens. Attaching numbers to days is really a social construct. Certainly God marks time, but we've been the one to kind of name it and mark, mark it. There's no reason why these, these last couple days specifically have been the, the new year, except that the world says so right now and seems to mostly agree. But it, is, it does create a time to reflect and to anticipate, to reflect on the past year, even a year ago. I mean, imagine that, where we all were, not just geographically or in place, but circumstantially in life or relationships. And, and certainly none of us anticipated what 2020 was going to look like, which should also humble us as we look forward into 2021 uh, with, with prayer, with thoughtfulness, with anticipation. Certainly in 2021, we have specific dates or events uh, circled on the calendar, whether they're birthdays, anniversaries, uh, graduations, uh, potential then travels or, or reunions. Though now we're, we're holding a little different. Maybe last year we, we had plans. We had expectations. Uh, now they're, they're, they're maybe dreams or longings. And that's not a bad thing as we hope for what is yet to come. I think when a year like 2020 happens, we're all the more eager to flip the page or in today's world to see the digital expression of dates change on our watches or smart home devices or phones. And, and you know, if you're a number geek along with me, to watch that number go from 123120 to 1121. There's something basic about that. And for you number geeks, we got some fun numbers coming up, right? We just yesterday had 1221. In just over a week and a half, we have 1221. The 1st of February, 2121. And if we can even think all the way till next December, 12221. And all of those kinds of dates in between. And then you watch the clock on those days and it's just, it's just a blast, isn't it? You know, simple silly things even to look forward to maybe what we need, finding some uh, silver linings. So how are you? Lauren asked us that question and gave us that space last week. Thank you, Lauren, for leading us into that space to ponder, to reflect, and probably still need to be asking that question. So how, how are you? The, the calendar has flipped, but maybe not much has really changed, and we're recognizing the road ahead is hard. January is my least favorite month. We look, look forward to the celebration of, of Christmas and the holidays and gatherings. Very different this year, of course. And then January seems to just hang on. It doesn't just immediately get lighter and brighter and, and change, right? There's a battle going, and, and the weather often matches that, that feel. And so leaning in versus being passive is a vital uh, response and something I'm intentional, try to be intentional about in pursuing the Lord. And I invite you to do the same as many continue to battle uh, with great difficulty in this season. And we pray for those that are 
uh, facing far more hardship even than we are, who are able to gather even in this way, we are blessed. Let's keep asking the question that Lauren raised last week of how we can be a people of Epiphany. Epiphany coming up this Wednesday. The celebration of God's revelation is what the church has responded to for the last 1,500 years in the celebration of Epiphany. We have been given a revelation. God has made himself known, and he will continue to make himself known. But we as a people are meant to be people of Epiphany. We're meant to take that revelation, not just for ourselves, but for others to share, to pass on what God has made known. So let's keep asking how we would represent Jesus in this coming year, how we will endure through the ongoing pandemic, how we would possibly even grow maybe one step at a time. And I'd like to suggest that for a theme. It might be just a personal theme, but maybe you would resonate with that. One step at a time. If the journey ahead is still a relative long one, but a year can fly by too, when we, especially when we look back, right? The days can be long and the years can be fast, as wise people have once said. One step at a time, not the Jordan Sparks song. I don't know that that's a theme song that we're supposed to really advocate, but um, there is one if you need it. So one step at a time, but something basic and simple about that call to action. I think the basic and simple things done with intentionality are often the most profound in our life. You know, our simple 2020 call to action, read, pray, eat, really shaped our discipleship last year, even though we had to adapt to chairs falling over and to all the changes that came our way. Many of you, and well done, if you did journey through the Gospels, we made it our rhythm of just a chapter a day, and that, that, would have t- that took us three times through the four Gospel accounts in 2020. And many of you finished that journey and maybe are now looking for a new Bible reading or Bible study plan. I'm going to be slowly reading through Exodus this year because these were a walking people, and I invite you to do the same. Thank you to all of those who engaged with us in prayer. We wanted to make prayer first, last, and central to all that we did. We met on Wednesdays at noon, every Wednesday for 52 weeks, and many of you were there for the majority of those. We had to do most of it on Zoom, which wasn't the anticipation, but it did allow others to connect that wouldn't maybe otherwise have. And so we prayed God's kingdom prayers into our lives, into our neighborhoods, into our communities. We want to make prayer always central. And that was just an expression of how to do that. It wasn't that Wednesdays at noon was, was a more holy time. It was just the center of the week and the center of the day. So it helped us build a rhythm. And looking for rhythms is good and is important. We're going to pause that gathering because I'm going to call us to an action step to actually walking in prayer this year. And if that Wednesdays at noon was important for you or you were able to make that time regularly, I'm just asking you to shift how you express prayer in this coming year. Eating together was probably the biggest challenge, how we did that. And many were creative and outdoor gatherings and building new gazebos like we did just to create outdoor space, eating virtually, sharing even holidays on Zoom. We all had to adapt and be creative. And so we hold, we hold a call to action in our own plans loosely, and we don't take things for granted the same way. God is growing us and changing us as a people and often that's how we grow most, isn't it, in, in hard times? Being people like the Apostle James tells us to be, considering all, all trials pure joy. By the way, I haven't arrived at the ability to do that yet, have you? Consider all trials, all hard things, pure joy, because you know that the testing of this faith develops perseverance in you. And perseverance must complete its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. 
And that's the people we want to be. I think we're ready to move in 2020. We're probably ready to sprint past it and leave it behind. But if the journey is long, then we need to take one step at a time and be faithful and see God's faithfulness as he leads us and is with us. And we'll be inspired, I think, by the story of Exodus if you journey along with us. Watch the back rows, by the way. Heads up. Take one for the team. The heat's on in my office. You're welcome to warm up under the heater. So we'll continue to journey too on Sundays for the foreseeable future through the gospel according to Mark, striving to follow the ways of Jesus. And I want to call us to a simple and maybe profound, it could be a profound expression if done with intentionality in 2021, the call to walk. Now, walking with Jesus is often a, we might say, Christianese expression of our faith. But I want to call us to actual movement, to actually getting up and being moving people, walking because walking is a way of Jesus. More importantly, it, it was his preferred pace. Astonishingly, it was his method of discipleship. And we'll see both if we pay close attention as we read through the gospel account. We see it here in Mark chapter 2. So you're ready, right? You have, you, you've been ready. Mark chapter 2, verses 23 and following. One Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields as they made their way his disciples began to pluck heads of grain. And the Pharisees were saying to him, look, why are they doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? And he said to them, have you never read what David did when he was in need and was hungry? He and those who were with him, how he entered the house of God in the time of Abiathar the high priest and ate the bread of the presence, which is not lawful for any but the priests to eat. And he also gave some to those who were with him. And Jesus said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Now perhaps one or two of you, if you're too astute for your own good, notice that I skipped over a passage from where we left off last time. I, I intend to come back to that passage because I think it's also a vital message for us, especially as we start a new year, how Jesus brings newness, renewal, growth, things we probably need to be encouraged in, ready for that message too. But this morning, I, I, just a simple invitation to look at one specific way of Jesus. We are trying to be followers of the ways of Jesus, his rhythms, his pace. And we see it right there at the beginning of this passage. I just point out this one thing. Jesus was walking with his disciples. Now, that does not sound profound at all. I understand that. And in fact, if you've read through the Gospels, as many of us have, uh, you can't miss it. Jesus walked with his disciples. And it doesn't sound astonishing as we maybe try to think about the culture of that day. If we've done any historical thinking whatsoever, it was probably the only option available. They had to walk. We see him walking with his disciples at all times. Besides maybe a few boat rides, it was all they did was walk from place to place. But we, we can miss the significance of it. As most of us aren't familiar with the geography of the Judean countryside, of the Sea of Galilee and where Jerusalem was in location to Capernaum and Nazareth and some of the other cities of the Decapolis. And while this won't be a historical lesson of that, just a thought. As we see Jesus in Capernaum by the north shore of the Sea of Galilee, that's kind of a home base that they, they work from. Nazareth, where Jesus was also from and grew up, grew up in, was 26 miles away. 
So it wasn't just a quick sprint over there. In fact, it was a relative marathon, wasn't it? That they walked. And he often went back and forth between Capernaum and Nazareth and then the surrounding towns. In fact, if you were to travel today, there's, there's a, a path called the Jesus Path, the Jesus Trail. Has anyone been on the Jesus Trail or even part of it in, in Judea? It's a 40-mile walk from Nazareth to Capernaum, hitting some other key cities along the way. Jesus was a walking rabbi, and he walked with his disciples. Now, from Capernaum to Jerusalem in the south was 105 miles. And Jesus made that trip multiple times from what we understand in the, in the scriptures at different feasts and festivals. He was in the city of Jerusalem, we know, at different times. 105 miles. Think about the pace. If they, if they walked with a good pace, it would take four days of walking to get from Capernaum to Jerusalem. Just, to over, just walking over to Nazareth, the 26 miles with that countryside with, with the temps in the summer being average high of 100. I'm guessing their pace was relatively slow with breaks. It would take all day, sun up to sundown. If, in fact, they probably got up before the sun for some of that coolness and, and even walked and took a break in the middle of the day and walked into the evening for that second wave of coolness. An, an entire day of travel on the road. This was Jesus' way, and I think we can miss the significance of that. I think it should be strange to us, at least if we would consider that Jesus did have other modes of transportation available to him in that day. Not like we do. We're totally spoiled. It wasn't even a mountain bike you could grab onto, but, I mean, a mule, a donkey, a camel, maybe, at least at times, right? Now, Jesus interacted enough with the higher echelon and even the Roman officials that he probably could have secured a horse, Maybe not for the rest of the disciples, but he could have gotten to the city way ahead of them, say, hey, meet me when you can. There is work to be done. We know that wasn't Jesus' way. I mean, horses were, were reserved for the wealthy, the military, and, and the royalty in that day. What was Jesus' way? He rode a donkey when he was announcing his kingship, ultimately. So we know the, hor the horses were out. But a mule or a donkey or camel, at least from time to time, they could have doubled their efficiency, they could have cut travel in more than half. This, this to me is what's remarkable as we think about a way of Jesus and why pressing into the story, reading carefully is so important. This was Jesus' choice. It was his preferred method. Now, if, you've done, if you're an entrepreneur, if you've started any kind of business or program, and, and some of you have, efficiency is, is probably one of your highest values. It may be the difference between success or death in a new venture or a new business. And for Jesus, it just seems to not be a value. <laughs> or certainly other things trumped it. Now consider his mission. Consider what he was attempting to do to change the world. To start a spiritual kingdom that would reach all peoples tribes, tongues, and nations on the face of the earth and endure for eternity. That was the mission. And he knew he had a limited amount of time and we, we find out about three years to accomplish that mission. I think it's safe to say that he had more to accomplish than anyone who has ever lived in the history of the world. And yet his pace was not hurried. Efficiency was not what was driving him. I'm so deeply convicted by this because the simplest things that are inefficient or slow drive me insane. 
and often flip me to anger and frustration. And then I look to my Lord, the Jewish rabbi that I'm trying to follow, and the pace in his life is just radically different. And I think he knew he needed that time spent with those disciples on the road. Certainly they were learning much from listening to him teach, watching him minister to the crowds, the sick and the needy. But I think where it was really at for them was on the road. When they got away a little bit, so to speak, and spent hours with Jesus listening, being able to ask their questions, certainly walking in long stretches in just silence and the uncomfortable heat of the Judean countryside, but then coming back to Jesus and saying, you know what you said earlier? Can you tell me more about that? It was his way. And then we see them here, not just walking on the road. Certainly destinations and cities were important, but the journey was vital. We see them here strolling, sauntering, detouring. They're in the grain fields. The, the, the Greek phrase literally means they made their own way through the fields. There was no path. It was either March or May, because we're not told whether this was barley harvest or wheat harvest, but the grain was ready enough to pick, to roll off the husk and get some form of germ for nourishment. They were making their own way through the, through the wheat fields. They were unhurried. They were detoured. Even though there was so much to accomplish, how would that maybe radically change our lives, the way we live and what our pace might look like. So I want to call us to a very simple, perhaps profound expression of this one step of a time at a time idea, and that's to literally walk, to be walking people like our walking rabbi this year. Now I've committed to, some of you already know, 2,021 steps a day for 2021. It's just about a mile. And I've also committed to try to post some kind of video blog, they call it a blog, I guess, and prompt some questions and share a prayer. And that's really for personal accountability. I know some of you are already following. Thank you. You're welcome to. You can find it on YouTube or on a link that we sent out. And maybe walk with me. But that's just one expression of, of the heartbeat. I know everyone's at a different place and at a different pace. And some of you walk for exercise, and that's great. But I'm also inviting you who do walk for exercise to slow down at times. That might be actually harder. For some of you, getting, getting up and going is the hard part. For others of you, slowing down and considering the pace of Jesus and his disciples at times and what it would be like to walk like that. And if Jesus was with you in the flesh, what would you ask him? Ask him those questions in prayer as you walk at his pace. I want us to be intensely practical at times when I think we're, gra- we're, we're striving to grab practical things. We often deal with big spiritual realities and then pressing down into what actually daily rhythms might look like, how to walk with Jesus, walk with others. And I pray walk into new places in 2021. This is actually, this is not a new vision. In fact, the, the heartbeat of breaking down walls to our community continues and endures, and it's probably above this walking vision. Walking into new places with open mindset and open eyes is maybe just another expression. And I believe Jesus will lead us into places that will see more walls breaking down. I pray that we will walk into new places, not just geographically, but in relationship maybe with one another, with our God. 
and we would see places that we wouldn't otherwise see. Jesus always was leading his disciples into stretching places, into new places that they never would have gone on their own. And so as we follow him, maybe that would be true for us. At minimum, this is a healthy rhythm in many ways, just to be out and walking and moving on a daily basis. And I know there's different capacities. Some of you would have to significantly work up to be able to take 2,021 steps. And so even taking a few in your own home or around your home or to the mailbox and back would be a way to join it. And I certainly recognize whenever you cast a vision of walking, I do not overlook those who cannot take steps at all. May we be a people who have the capacity and ability to take steps for those who cannot, whatever their circumstance might be. And I'm certain family or friends come to mind who cannot even take a step. Could we walk for them and encourage them along the journey? Walking with Jesus, walking with one another and walking into new places. I have one big potentially audacious goal that if we do this together at the beginning of a year and just start taking simple steps each day, is it possible that we collectively could walk every street in the city of Redmond? Symbolically, I think that's true. I'm doing a little bit of research. So it's hard to find the exact number, but somewhere around 350 miles of paved streets in our city are cared for by our city, repaired, cared for, kept up. But that doesn't include a lot of the the nooks and crannies and the neighborhoods and things like that. So it's probably a lot more. It's not daunting to consider that we could all walk that far with just a a little bit each day together. But it might take some work to to actually walk every every street in the city to be people of God's presence. See, See, we're not just people that are meant to go take a walk for our exercise or for our emotional and mental health or even on his pace spiritually to grow, but we are called to be ambassadors, to be sent ones, to go with the very presence of God, the Holy Spirit, into all places that we go. Not because of us, but because of him, we can bless even as we go. Even if we're not aware of our city changing or transforming or having those kinds of encounters along the way, maybe we would have some. But I'm pretty certain that we will change as we move, as we seek to represent him where he sends us as we seek to follow after a walking rabbi in a literal way as those first disciples did, longing for the day that we can walk with him again, actually, but thankful for the Holy Spirit's presence with us now, spiritually. We could be a people that grow and go in significant ways. Now I invite you to just take this noodle on it. Think about expressions for you. I've got my own personal expression of daily walking That doesn't mean that's a right one or the better one. It's for me. It's my conviction responding to it. Perhaps God would convict you in a special way. I know Ms. Zeger is already thinking about a walking club. She's probably our champion walker in-house. I don't know if you're watching online, Meeker, or just on your way back from, from the beach, but look for a walking club to come out too, and that's just one or another expression in a very tangible, practical way. In this first Sunday of a new year, I'm always trying to give us something tangible and practical to hold on to and to consider that might balance us and give us pace for the journey ahead that I believe God is leading us on. Let me pray for us. Father, I thank you for your presence with us now. You've never left left us. As I'm beginning to once again read through 
the story of your faithfulness and presence with your people thousands of years ago, your deliverance of your people out of slavery in Egypt and then leading them with your very presence. It was undeniable in the pillar of cloud and the light. And at times they got so distracted and turned from you. They doubted you. They wanted to even go the other direction. I'm deeply resonating with the journey that we're on in a, in a place that has relative hardship for many of us. A journey that maybe we don't want to be on. We want to go back to how it was. And that's not who you are, God. You are progressing. You are moving. You are calling us. You are drawing us. And you're drawing us close in these hard times. And I thank you for that, Lord. May we be faithful. May we always seek to find your presence and be faithful to follow you with a simple conviction to be a walking people because Jesus, you are a walking rabbi. Your pace, teach us your pace. Teach us to be unhurried. Teach us to find you as we seek to serve others, to know you more fully and continue, Lord, to help us break down walls that might be between us or might exist in this community or might keep people from knowing you and hearing the gospel of your saving grace and mercy and love. Let us be representatives, ambassadors of your presence to be the light in the world. So Lord, we make plans, but we hold them with open hands. We say Deo Valente. If you will, God, it may be. We don't know what tomorrow holds, only you do. We don't know what is coming, only you do. And you stand in our tomorrows. You alone number our days, Lord. Teach us to number our days that we might gain a heart of wisdom. We love you, Lord, and we know your love for us, but may it grow ever deeper in the days ahead. To your glory and our joy, we pray. Amen.